Well, good morning and happy Friday, Covenant Network. Here you are listening to Roadmap to Heaven at 7 a.m. on this Friday morning, October 22nd. And, you know, it's just a good day to be with you. The sun's not even up, but it's still already a good day. Gabe Jones is here in the studio, as is Angela Miller. Gabe, how are you this morning? I am doing all right. If I sound a little stuffy, it's it's not anything serious. It's just We have our windows open at night now, and that just, you know, makes all kinds of weird things happen with your sinuses. Angela, how are you this fine morning? I am loving the chill. If it gets much colder, I have a little bit of trouble. But I also love snow, so I'm also looking way ahead. But but I, I am so happy it's it's. Cool. You're content. Yeah. You're content. It, it, autumn is yes. upon us finally. Yes. Well, today is the optional memorial. And that, that's something I'll have to ask the people that put all of this together. What determines optional versus obligatory? But mm-hmm. today is the memorial. Let's just say that. Today is the memorial of St. John Paul II. So, those of you that have been to Mass already, maybe you knew that. Those of you that are going to Mass, you, maybe you'll hear about that. But we are going to we're going to celebrate today here on the show a little bit. One of my favorite things about St. John Paul II was his devotion to the Blessed Mother. So this morning, in addition to praying the morning offering, I thought we could take some time to turn to our Blessed Mother. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ have mercy. mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. I'm sorry, this formatting's off here. Uh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, mercy. have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, Christ graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have, have mercy, mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have, have mercy, mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of virgins, pray for us. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of the Church, pray for us. Mother of mercy, pray for us. Mother of divine grace, pray for us. Mother of hope, pray for us. Mother most pure, pray for us. Mother most chaste, pray for us. Mother inviolate, pray for us. Mother undefiled, pray for us. Mother most amiable, pray for us. Mother most admirable, pray for us. Mother of good counsel, pray for us. Mother of our creator, pray for us. Mother of our savior, pray for us. Virgin most prudent, Pray for us. Virgin most venerable. Pray for us. Virgin most renowned. Pray for us. Virgin most powerful. Pray for us. Virgin most merciful. Pray for us. Virgin most faithful. Pray for us. Mirror of justice. Pray for us. Seat of wisdom. Pray for us. Cause of our joy. Pray for us. Spiritual vessel. Pray for us. Vessel of honor. Pray for us. Singular vessel of devotion. Pray for us. Mystical rose. Pray for us. Tower of David. Pray for us. Tower of ivory. Pray for us. House of gold. Pray for us. Ark of the covenant. Pray for us. Gate of heaven. Pray for us. Morning star. Pray for us. Health of the sick. Pray for us. Refuge of sinners. Pray for us. Solace of migrants. Pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted. Pray for us. Help of Christians. Pray for us. Queen of angels. Pray for us. Queen of patriarchs. Pray for us. Queen of prophets. Pray for us. Queen of apostles. Pray for us. Queen of martyrs. 
Pray for us. Queen of Confessors, pray for us. Queen of Virgins, pray for us. Queen of All Saints, pray for us. Queen conceived without original sin, pray for us. Queen assumed into heaven, pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. Queen of Families, pray for us. Queen of Peace, pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, O Lord God, that we, your servants, may enjoy perpetual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of the Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, may be delivered from present sorrow and obtain eternal joy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, it never fails when you're used to praying something out of one book and then you print something out for everybody and the formatting's just a little different. <laughs> yep. It throws yep. you off. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I thought I knew this, but apparently <laughs> right. I didn't. Yeah. So a mo- moment of humility little, here yeah. this morning on the show. Uh, Angela, I, I'm curious, uh, of all the titles of our Blessed Mother that we just prayed, uh, do you have one that sticks out to you this, this fine Friday morning? There were so many. I don't know how I will pick. All right. Well, um, while you think about it, <laughs> I I think there's a couple, just a couple quick things that I'll say. But I I love um, the thought of her as the Ark of the Covenant and House of Gold. Um, I've had experiences where I'm praying in front of a tabernacle, thinking, you know, if Mary was right here, maybe it would be that her womb would be this tabernacle, and everything around her would, everything around the tabernacle would just be Mary. Um, so, of course, thinking of her as the mother of God in that way is beautiful. But also, I mean, she's a queen. She is she is uh, our king's mother. And so just to think of her in that way as this powerful virgin, most powerful, was very special, too. Mm. Yeah. Gabe, what about you? So whenever I hear this litany, it's not so much like a particular thing that sticks out, but I, I love the sort of rhythm of it. And so the you know, the Holy Mother, Holy Mary, Holy Mother of God, Holy Virgin, Mother, 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 and then, and then it changes to Virgin, and then it switches to this, like, mirror of justice, seat of wisdom, cause of our joy, spiritual vessel, vessel of, like, just, and it goes on and on and on, and those, those, like, it's just a striking sort of turn, and it sort of, like, takes you from, okay, yeah, we know she's our mother, which she talks about, we know she's, you know, Blessed Virgin, and then now all these other titles come along, and you're like, whoa, wow, there's so many more things to think about with her, you know? So... I wouldn't say one particular one, but I just love how all of those, they stack up and you sort of go, oh, wow, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's got some stuff. <laughs> she's got some titles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great buildup, a great crescendo. Yeah. And each one of those titles teaches us something about our faith and about ourselves. You could spend an hour talking about each one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sticking out to me this morning, uh, which is not usually the one that sticks out to me when I think of the litany of Loretto is Mother of Hope. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. As you know, the the past few months I had been devoting a lot of time to the rosary and uh, to how can we promote the rosary, and, and we're still working on that. Uh, but one of the things when, when you study the rosary is is Fatima, you know, and, and I go back to this, that in the visions that the children had, that the Blessed Mother gave them, you know, the Blessed Mother showed them the souls going to hell and then said, 
people need to pray and they need to pray in reparation and they need to pray the rosary each and every day. And then you go to the, the apparition in 1973 in Akita, Japan, where the Blessed Mother is painting a very gloom and doom picture that, listen, people have not done what I have asked them to do. And I'm, you know, the father is angry um, and you need to pray. You need to pray. Uh, there's a lot more to those apparitions than that, right? So don't take that as the Reader's Digest version, uh, end all, be all. They had him right version. <laughs> We've talked about Akita on the show before. We'll mm-hmm. talk about Akita bef- again. We'll certainly talk about Fatima again. Um, but, you know, in both of those apparitions, it, it's a very gloomy picture that we receive. Like, if you don't, if, if you don't repent, if you don't do works of reparation, works of penance, if you don't pray every day, you know, th- this is where you go. If you separate yourself from God, God is going to respect your free will. He's going to let you be separated from him. And if you die outside of the state of grace, if you die with one mortal sin on your soul, you don't go to heaven. And there are only two options, heaven or hell. And if you're not going to heaven, guess where you're going? And and, and there's this big, you know, it, it's easy to be discouraged because there's this big gloomy picture. And yet we still retain this high title, Mother of Hope. You know, and, and I think it, it says to me that Mary does not give up hope. Even in coming in those apparitions, she doesn't come and say, well, you might as well throw in the towel. It's over now. That's not the message of those apparitions. Um, It's, look, you you need to do this. Why? Well, because there's still hope for heaven, but you need to get serious and you need to do it now. It makes me, I, I forget, you know... You're not the only one. Pop culture references are lost on gay, but there's there's some movie where they're like, so there's still a chance. What? Well, you know, like if the weatherman says there's there's only a five percent chance of rain, that that's still a chance of rain. So you're saying there's still a chance, and it's like, well, you know, I've I don't heard know. of that one before. Yeah, I don't remember what it is, and that's not <laughs> important right now. But the point is, the Blessed Mother reminds us that there's there's still a chance, and we've got some work to do, so we're going to get serious about that. We're going to talk about that and more on the Roundup today, but first, let's go to Mike Roberts for that check of the weather. Another cold front will be moving through the region today. Before it gets here, variable clouds, a high of 65. Variable clouds after the front, but temperatures tumble into the mid-50s by late afternoon. Then tonight, an overnight low of 45 to 48. On Saturday, we could see a sprinkle or shower in the morning, but we will see showers and storms in the afternoon with a high of 62. And a full day of rain is in store for us on Sunday with a few storms that could be severe. Along the way, a high on Sunday of 65. Today is the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. Born in Poland in 1920, Karol Wojtyla was the second of three children, but his older sister died before he was born, and by the time he was 21, he'd also lost his mother and older brother. An outstanding athlete and gifted student, Karol was attracted most to the arts, but his life changed dramatically, like the lives of so many, with the outbreak of World War II. And while working at a rock quarry, he made the decision to join the underground seminary. He was ordained in 1946 and sent to Rome, where he earned a doctorate in theology, then returned home and served briefly as a parish priest. Karol Wojtyla then earned another doctorate in philosophy and taught at the university. In 1958, he was named Bishop of Krakow and attended all four sessions of the Second Vatican Council. He was also a significant contributor. Then in 1964, he was named Cardinal. Fourteen years later, in 1978, after the death of Pope John Paul I, he was elected Pope and took the name John Paul, becoming the first non-Italian Pope in 455 years. Addressing the United Nations in 1979, he called himself 
a witness to hope, saying Christ is the center of the universe and human history. His support of the Solidarity Movement in Poland contributed to the fall of communism in Eastern Europe. He wrote five books, 14 encyclicals, visited 124 countries, and came to St. Louis for an electrifying 31-hour visit in January of 1999. Pope John Paul II also canonized 482 saints, including St. Maximilian Kolbe and St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. He died during the Vigil of Divine Mercy in 2005. In her diary, paragraph 1732, Jesus tells St. Faustina, I bear a special love for Poland. If she will be obedient to my will, I will exalt her in might and holiness. From her will come forth the spark that will prepare the world for my final coming. St. Pope John Paul II, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, we are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven and thunderous applause this morning for the fact that it's Friday. And, you know, speaking of thunderous applause, I, I remember 22 years ago, Mike Roberts was just talking about this in the weather, the 31-hour visit of St. John Paul II to St. Louis. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing that, that stuck with me throughout all of that time, it's when he said this. Remember, Christ is calling you. The church needs <coughs> needs you, the Pope believes in you, and he expects great things of you. You know, that that was the, the rallying cry. Christ is calling you, the church needs you, the Pope believes in you, and he expects great things of you. And I remember, you know, there were like 30,000 of us crammed into what was then called the Keel Center, now the, the Enterprise Center. And we had been there. I, I was in the choir that day. And so we had literally been there since 530 in the morning, and he came at 6 o'clock in the evening, or I don't even know when it was. It wasn't that late because they had Vespers over at the cathedral. But it, it was later in the day, and it was a long, long day, but we were so fired up. And, you know, I'm thinking the sheer numbers of that, Gabe, if, if every one of those tens of thousands of people crammed into that arena would have gone out into the world and, and just been a beacon of faith for the rest of their lives, how much different our local community is. But the, the sad reality is that as time presses on, there are those who have fallen away, and there are those who remain, uh, and, and they're working every day to build the kingdom of God or to help, to help show that Christ is real and that our Lord, God is real. And I wonder as with any, you know, I hate to call it a battle, but I'm going to call it a battle, uh, with, with any battle as, as the number of troops diminish, does that mean those who are left have to, have to fight harder, have to push harder? Does that mean that for those of us that are living our faith, um, we can be casual about it or, is it really time to step our A game to not just the next level, but maybe three levels up? Yeah, I would say it's not so much fighting harder because sometimes when you fight harder, you just exert energy and you don't actually accomplish anything. I think what we need to do is be very strategic 
and very disciplined in our approach. And you know what? Like, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot. That battle is raging. And it feels like we're on the losing side. So the, the answer is not to sort of just go out there, you know, sort of proverbially guns a-blazing, right? And just try to convert every single person that we see, right? I mean, uh, that would be great, right? But we also have to, I mean, you have five kids. I have five kids. Like, we have to take care of our families. Right. And so that domestic church is incredibly important. And that's that beacon, right? You are a beacon, right? You and there are many other people in this community who are being beacons. It just doesn't always seem like it because, like, you're not in the news all the time. Well, that's so. This is the the one thing I keep coming back to lately in in, in my prayer and reflection is that, um, you know, I know people that would say, "Well, if only we could just recapture the energy of that moment." And it's well, the energy of that moment was good. Yeah. And 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 there, are, I love when there are moments like that, and they they've happened several times throughout my life. But what's at the heart of what he was saying? Christ is calling you, and 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 like the Blessed Mother, who again, Saint John Paul II had deep affection for, would say, "Do what he, whatever he tells you." to do. So I, you know, is it, we need to recreate the excitement and the energy or what is it that he is telling us to do? Because he's telling you, Gabe Jones, to do things in your life. Yeah. And, and I hope I'm, I'm living up to that. You know I mean? I'm trying to do these things to live a faithful life and to, to do the, the sort of the quiet acts of devotion, right? That's, what's going to change the world. It's not any big grand things. It's not going off and, you know, we don't need people who are uh, I mean, we need people in every walk of life, but it's not like we need people in public areas living life, and then the rest of the people just kind of doing whatever, right? I mean, that's that's not that's we not, all have to live we our all life. have to do it, yeah. right? And so, the things, the good things that happen every day, the good things you do in your home, those moments of virtue in your home that are quiet or with your friends, like that's not going to get on the news. And so, when you, when you when you hear about the things going on in our community in our world, you go, "Oh my gosh, it's so it's so bad." We're looking at all sorts of projections down the road of where our church is going. You go, what is happening? Well, you know what? Look at your home. Look at your family, right? And, and you know, if by the grace of God, if, if you have a family that is there that is still faithful, then count your blessings and keep on going. And don't give up. Don't stop. That's kind of what he's saying, I think, is right. There's going to be a lot going on, a lot of bad stuff. Don't give up. Keep going. The greatness is in those details, the the small things, the quiet devotion to Our Lady and to Our Lord, and in doing that, the world will be changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also think at the same time, um, and maybe I'm just thinking about it because I don't have kids right now, and so my mission field is different. Right. Um. So we are all called to be evangelists. Yeah. Um. And you're certainly called to be evangelists to your children. Um. And I would say that I. My friends and I, or um, anyone who who maybe their their children have fallen away from their yeah. faith, when we're called to be evangelists, we're called to be evangelists to our our sphere of influence. So, well, and each other, right? right. That's the other thing is right. that we can't just remember, you know, think of <clears throat> oh, going out there, but like we have to right. encourage each other, right? Right. Right. We are in this together, so link arms, right, and say, you know what? Hey, Adam, I got you. Let's do this. Which keep means- on coming. Every day we are called to personal conversion. Yep. We have to keep ourselves accountable and have our friends keep us accountable. Um, because if we, if we get stagnant, if we get um, uh, comfortable, yep. <laughs> I think there's a great danger. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're committed to, to be called to more 
constantly. <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't get a rest until we go to heaven, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I had to say to Beth a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I forget how long ago it was. Time, time keeps flying here. Um, you know, I had to say, listen, there are things in my life that I know I need to do better. And most of the time, I don't want to do better. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm having one of those moments where I recognize that this particular, I forget what it was, um, now in the moment, I said, you have to help me be strong. You have to help yeah. me be yeah. strong. And you have to quote me to me. Don't ever quote me to me, right? You know, <laughs> how, how, don't, don't use my words against me. And, and something happened the other day. She goes, you know, you remember when you said I need to quote you to you. And it's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Because mm-hmm. now it's you hard. just took away my excuse. You know, but you're talking about evangelizing those around us. I, I do want to play. Um, we're not going to spend the whole show on, on St. John Paul II. But I do want to play another soundbite from that um, papal visit in 1999 about that. So let, let's go to this one here. On the horizon of this city stands the gateway art, which often catches the sunlight in its different colors and hues. In a similar way, in a thousand different ways, you must Reflect the light of Christ to your lives and of prayer and of joyful service of others. With the help of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the young people of America will do this magnificent. You know, there's a couple things that strike me from that. You know, talking about the sunlight reflecting off the gateway arch, um, that in a thousand different ways, in a thousand different ways, he says, we must reflect the light of Christ. And uh, that with the help of the Blessed Mother, we, we will do this magnificently. But, Gabe, you know, you, you were speaking earlier about something the Holy Father just said there, that through lives of prayer and joyful service, and not necessarily lives of let's go have ra uh, ra 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 and stand on every street corner and uh, you know just every person walking down the street you stop right here I'm going to talk to you about Jesus right now yeah you know it's, it's not exactly how it works but how, some you, people how are you, called to that some, some people yeah, are. yeah I am not I'm yeah. not either. <laughs> you know um, but but how you're called to do it Gabe and how Angela you're called to do this is going to be different than how I'm called to do mm-hmm. this and and, and the Pope talked about that Saint John Paul II talked about those thousand different ways and there's a real beauty in that. There is. And, you know, you might read it and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, uh, that means you can kind of just live however you want in a thousand different ways and and doesn't matter because you're a good person. No. He says, in a thousand different ways, you must reflect the light of Christ. And what's the light of Christ? Well, Christ came to die for our sins and to lead us to the Father, lead us to heaven. And we do that through lives of prayer and joyful service. So, like, it starts with prayer. You start with prayer. You, you then take that out, live in joyful service to your neighbor, and that could be, you know, volunteering at a soup kitchen. That could be volunteering in a food pantry. That could be volunteering at a, you know, uh, a crisis pregnancy center or any other ways that you are serving your community or your family, but it starts with prayer. Then you go out and do the service, and in doing that, you'll lead yourself and others to Christ. Now, Angela, you and I were kind of talking about this uh, by text message earlier this week that, that um, our parishes are a great place to do this as well right you know um because what are we composed of many different people 
hopefully living lives of prayer and service um, rooted in the Eucharist, but how the person in the pew in front of me and next to me lives that might be different than how I live it, but we're all united towards that same goal and that it really allows us as a community to help, as Gabe said earlier, link arms and and bring one another forward. Right, right. So uh, I like that you said you start with prayer. So when I, when I, came to my parish so I'm relatively new at my parish um I had a very intense prayer experience where I felt like I need to to do something here um we have a quite a few young adults at our parish and so um I prayed about it for a while and then I asked my husband to pray about it and we are starting this Sunday uh, a young adult bible study at our parish um and not just and there's a specific bent to it too so yeah, we have a lot of people in our parish that are very intellectual, which is great. Um, but do they know the person of Jesus Christ? Can we help them encounter Jesus through like silence, through um, time in front of the Eucharist and reflection, um, and then also through scripture? Um, so that that is how I felt called to reflect the light of Christ, something that he gave me directly in prayer. Um and then also, I mean, there are so many other ways that, I mean, we love our parish, so we want to continue to give ourselves in different ways, um, whether, and, and I think part of that comes with knowing your priest pretty well and, and being ready to offer yourself to what he needs. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think that not only does this mean that we like listen to what God's saying in our prayer and then do what he tells us to do, but also... Um, letting the people around us shape us and form us and and keep us accountable um, by being in relationship with so many different people and different ages potentially at our parish, um, we have an opportunity to uh, be sharpened, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's part of the beauty of the parish. So, um, and I think another thing in this that's sort of secondary but part of it is that our parishes need to be the center of our life. Not the parish as a parish, but a parish as a place where Christ is. Right. Right. That needs to tether us because if we let, you know, our kids' soccer games or whatever else, our jobs or anything else become the center of our lives, then then we lose sight. We can lose sight very easily of Christ and what mm-hmm. we're really supposed to be all about. And so that has to be the center. So it starts at the parish, starts with prayer, and then it radiates out right. like light does. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things that – I'm grateful, and I feel like I I had a great privilege of of getting to Mass so early as the musician for so many years. You really kind of get to see everybody as they arrive, because you're you're first one in, last one out most of the time as the musician. And I was always grateful. You know, I never had the gumption to lead a prayer group, a rosary prayer group, but there was a group of of faithful women that on the first Saturday, they would show up quietly if, if confession started at at 4 o'clock, they would show up at 4.10. Mass wouldn't be until 5. And they would just start in their their little corner of the church praying the rosary together. And it wasn't a big production. It, it wasn't, now everyone, we will join in praying the Holy Rosary. They, they would just pray the rosary in their, in their little group quietly. And But as people came in, people that probably weren't going to pray the rosary that day would stop and pray the rosary that mm-hmm. day. And I think of, you know, some Vincentians I knew that said, hey, we need some help. And I said, hey, I don't have the temperament to do what you do. I'm so grateful that you do it because I, I don't have the temperament to do that. And said, so that's not what we need you to do. We, we just need you to move some boxes. Can you help us 
buy movies in boxes. And we have a, a great opportunity um, to kind of polish one another, like stones in a tumbler yeah. and take some of the rough edges off and say, we're all going to work towards this goal. And there's a humility that comes with it, though, that it, it, our pastors, you know, they see the whole community. And do we, do we stop and do we listen, especially when they call us to prayer? You know, it's so easy to pigeonhole ourselves and say, listen, my role in my parish is that I do this, this and that's all I do. Um, and, and it's defined by an act of service, but we sometimes are in danger of leaving out that definition of prayer, mm-hmm. that first and foremost, we gather for the worship of God. It's right and just that we give yeah. our worship. Mm-hmm. We gather for the Eucharist, and then that flows out into everything we do mm-hmm. and brings everything we do back to him. There's a lot more we could say about this, but we've been going on for a while here, so I think we are going to take a break. You know, we're, we're talking about these things. So I, I, you know, the one point you raised yesterday, uh, we, we were talking on the phone about a, a myriad of things. It, these ideas of how do we be these thousand different ways, reflections of light, like the like the gateway arch reflecting the light of the sun. Um, you know, w- prayer, fasting, daily rosary, praying in public, uh, you know, when we go to eat a meal, abstaining from meat on Fridays, which, by the way, by the way, it is Friday. It is we haven't Friday. said this in a while. It's still a day of abstinence yes. today. So uh, either or abstain some other form from of meat penance. or do some other form of penance. But and that is a requirement. People don't realize it is a requirement. Yes. Like you are, you are as a Catholic, required to abstain from meat or some other form of penance on Fridays. Right. And, and I'll tell you what. I used to think, why does the church have to be such a downer and say abstain from meat? It's actually just it's a really easy penance. Like I miss the meat, but it's, it's easy <laughs> for me to remember, don't eat meat yeah. today. I don't have to think you about know. it. All right, I mean, you do, but like. Whereas if I change my penance every Friday, I am not of the mindset that if I like this Friday, I'm going to do this penance, and next Friday, I'm going to do that penance. Well, and frankly, I, I like a, the consistency. One easy penance for me on Fridays, I mean, not easy, but like a, a fallback is like giving up alcohol. Because Friday, yeah. it's nice to have a, a, a beer Friday totally. night, you know? But you know what? That's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Especially if you're in a social context. I would rather give up meat on Fridays because yeah. yeah. that's what the church asks me to do. Then give up beer or look, you know, a, a glass of whiskey, whatever. I mean, it's uh, that's harder, I think. So I'll yeah. stick with the no meat on Friday. Well, some time ago, and not like yesterday afternoon, uh, some time ago, was it C.S. Lewis that was, uh, was I talking think it was about Chesterton? Chesterton, of course it was. Yes. All right. Chesterton said what? Chesterton said, and I might butcher the quote a little bit, but, but what he said was, "The only true rebellion left is orthodoxy." And he said this like a hundred years ago. The only true rebellion left is orthodoxy. And how true it is today in 2021. Because you know what? If there's so many things out there in the world, it's like, oh, look, look, we're going to do this. Or people trying to make a statement or, you know, post something crazy on their Instagram page, whatever. You're not being different. You're not being rebellious. You're doing what everybody else is doing. But you want to be rebellious? Go to mass on Sunday morning. You want to be rebellious? Abstain for meat on Friday. You want to be rebellious? Tell people about what an ember day is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? These are things that are rebellious, and people are going to go, "Oh, you're crazy." We're a scapular, right? And where we're a scapular when you go to the pool, so people can see it, and they go, "What is that?" That's that's rebellion yeah. in today's world. Yeah, you know, I, I I think about that because a true story. Growing up, my mother was not allowed to listen to Neil Diamond. Um, because my grandma said, that man wears all black. I don't know if she was allowed to listen to Johnny Cash, but my mom doesn't really like country music, so it probably didn't come up. But my grandma's like, you can't listen to Neil Diamond. He wears all black, and, and he's a rebel. He's a rebel. Mm, and yeah. 
And all those things that, you know, we were going to rebel from the rules, well, now everyone says, well, you don't need to follow the rules. We're so relativistic that you're right. Oh, and, there's a well, whole not, set of not, rules. Not you. There's you, a whole you, set of rules. You, you are right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but going back to Chesterton was right that if you really want to be rebellious against today's culture, just do what you're called to do. Yeah. Be, be orthodox. Angela, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about this? You like Chesterton. I do like Chesterton. Um, I don't know him as well as I should, but I agree. And I and I made that decision when I was like in high school. I remember I was dating a guy um, and we said we were going to be rebellious together as being strong Catholics because that was countercultural in a high school, in a public high school, you know, Um so I, I feel like I've taken that to heart my whole life, and I hope I'm still rebellious, and I hope people still think I'm a little weird because I am strong in my faith. Um, but but what does that look like in, it, in 2021 it to be to be Orthodox? Being public about truth, not shying away from the truth, not being afraid to share it, um, and it also means, I mean following what the church says, <laughs> which yeah, yeah. for some people is hard um, and not being relativistic. I mean, I, I've i given talks on, on relativism and how it's just this great evil in the church. Um, and so in opportunities where I can, I, I try to be a weirdo and, and say, well, sorry, but that's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and this is what the truth is because there is only one truth. Um yeah, Gabe so, Jones. What about you? How do, what does orthodoxy look like in the Jones family? Uh, well, similar things. You know, not backing down from the truth. Um, always trying to do so in charity. That's the hard part, mm-hmm. right? Is trying to make sure that you explain the truth, share the truth with charity, without being cynical. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, and then also just you know, for me, again, different phase of life with five kids, it's a little easier to talk about my family with people and say, oh yeah, I have five kids. And people say, how old are you? Uh, I'm, I'm 33. You have five kids? How old's the oldest? Any twins? Nope. Like we just, that's just a witness. Mm-hmm. And I get to then proudly say, you know what? Yeah, we're living this out. Like, yeah. And now that's just one small sliver of our life, right? Now there's other ways. Now I can also talk about, you know, yeah, we try to say morning prayer as a family, mm-hmm. right? That's rebellious. I take my, my son to mass once a week outside of Sunday, you know, and he gets to be up there on the altar. And now he's practicing. He has his little play altar set. Then he Cute. sets up the altar, right? Like, love it. that's rebellious. What other kids go play the, mass? The you know? Jones Academy of Altar Serving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's a rebelliousness, right? We, we tried to limit their TV. That's rebelliousness. Uh, we definitely don't give them screens. I don't let them play on my phone or any tablets or anything. That's rebellion in today's world because everything's geared toward get the kids in front of the screen so that they can, you know, see all these bright colors and, and be mesmerized by it and then be, you know, consumers just like the rest of us. Uh, but we're rebelling against that. We're saying, no, like they're not going to have phones and tablets and all this stuff. So it's a myriad of different ways like that that build up into this rebellion of orthodoxy. How has that helped your family, by the way? What, what's the benefit? Aside to, from to all you'll things? get to heaven. But. Yeah, to all these things. Um, well, one, I think there's a better, uh, well, and if, again, if Sarah's listening, she's the one who stays at home all day while I go to work, but I think there's better cohesion, uh, and we're still very young as a family, so I think as we are getting older together, um, there's a more more of an openness, right, that 
uh, when the kids are upset, they can come to us with things. They, they don't, um, they don't sort of get sucked into the screens or sucked into this thing or whatever. Or my son who plays mass, he, he asks me to help him. Can you, can you say the Latin with me so that I can do it? And you know, okay, sure. Like, I mean, yes, I'm busy sometimes too. I can't always do it, but okay, I'll be your server while you're the <laughs> priest, quote unquote, right? So those sorts of things help, right? Because now he's learning more about the mass, right? My kids are learning more about each other because they're not sucked into their screens and they're playing and they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go out, I think, and see their friends. And uh, most of our friends are, are similar, but you know, there's some neighborhood kids they play with. And I think they're starting to see maybe some differences mm-hmm. in how their friends live and yeah. how we live. So again, is that a help? I hope it's a help because now they're noticing what our rebellious orthodoxy looks like. You know, we're we're a couple, just a couple years ahead of you. Yeah. Not not many. We're not many. probably about th- how old is your oldest? Eight. So we're we're three and a half years yeah. ahead of you, right? And one of one of the fruits I've seen of this is that our older children, by saying no, we're we're in this as a family, and we are going to do small acts of sacrifice and small acts of penance throughout the day. Well, why do I have to do that? It was it was my sister that did this. It's like I and I get that. But we're all in this together. We all mm-hmm. live in this house, and we all want to be at peace. We all want to be holy. So we're all going to work together yeah. on this. And the fruit of this is our oldest two, you know, like asking them to make sacrifices now for the good of the family, it, it's a no-brainer for them. They're like, yeah, we're, you know, I figured you were going to ask that anyway, Dad. And then our youngest is, you know, we had parent-teacher conferences, and the teacher's like, we've never seen a kid just so go with the flow, easy to, you know, whatever student we say, all right, sit down with this student and, and you're going to do this activity together. She's happy to do it with anybody. You know, she's happy to play with anyone in the class. There, There is no one that she doesn't like. And uh, it's because of the benefit of that family. And, you know, there, there's a beautiful thing now that has been happening, and I attribute this to my wife, is that on the nights Beth works, you know, I'll tuck them in and I'll do prayers with them at, at bedtime but they want me to videotape a message of them and send it send it to Beth so when she gets out of the hospital she can see it. That says, Mommy, when you get home, will you come into our room and tuck us in again and do prayers even if we're sleeping? Oh. They, they want her to pray in there. And, you know, I could say, but your dad's on the radio playing. Yeah, well, you know? and, what, why and, is mom so that, important? What mom does right there, what mom does right there, that is building a foundation for them. So I want to encourage you, our listeners, um, those little things really matter, those yeah. little moments of, of what Chesterton would call orthodoxy, but just saying, no, we're not going to give in and eat that cheeseburger today. Yep. We're, we're going to eat, we're going to abstain from meat today, or we're going to do penance today, or, you know, we're going to, I, I, in fact, I have to remember to go to the bank today and get dollar bills because we do electronic offertory, but I want our children to know that they have to put something yeah. in the offertory basket. All of these little things add up, and that is what builds, you know, I, I think of the foundation of our house. We have a stone foundation. We don't have a, yeah. a poured cement foundation. Our foundation was built one stone at a time, and yeah. each and every stone matters. Yeah. And I, I think I tweeted something a while ago about Friday nights and having tuna and mac and cheese on Friday nights. I, I think my, my quote was, uh, dinners of tuna and mac and cheese are what Catholic culture is built of, mm. Mm. right? Because it is. It's, it, that's a cultural thing, right? That my kids are going to grow up knowing that on Friday nights we have tuna and mac and cheese. And so they're going to become adults just like I am. When I grew up, I was eating tuna and mac and cheese on Friday nights, maybe some fried fish every once in a while. 
And now as an adult, I think back. It's a nostalgic thing as much as anything. I mean, it's obviously, yes, there's a devotional to it, but it's nostalgia because it was so formative. It was so foundational that now if I get away from that, it's, it's, it, that is rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm rebelling yeah. from the thing that is orthodox to me. Right. You know, so, he, here's where it all comes back to for me is that in these little ways, these small things building up the foundation, you know, we've been talking a lot um, about how the, the state of the world, the state of souls that are just oblivious to the fact that there are eternal consequences, um, the prevalence of sin in our culture and our secular culture. Um, it's like a runaway train. And the the idea of doing these little things each and every day, that's part of what gets us to the next level. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like training, and, and we've, we've talked about that before. In fact, John Paul II talked about that quite a bit. It's like exercise. You have to build that muscle um, one day at a time. But we can't forget the supernatural. You know, we've been talking about the, the, the temporal benefits of this. Yep. The, the, yep. Here's how it affects my kids. Um, the supernatural benefit of it. Every time we pray that rosary together as a family, every time you pray morning prayer together as a family, every time you and Greg pray together and, and, and study the scripture. Yeah, together. sorry, we're, we're talking about kids and angels. Like, yep. Okay. Yeah. That's um, what I hope for. <laughs> yeah. But but all of these things we do, they, they actually have an effect on our souls and they, they help if, if we are in a state of grace. Right. They help make us more attuned to grace, you know. And um, signal graces is one of the, it's one of those terms I, I don't have as good of an understanding as I would like to have of it. But essentially, I, I think of the old days of the rabbit ear antennas. Yeah. And you had to have the antenna tuned a certain way, and and you knew where that sweet spot was mm-hmm. that you're picking up the signal. Well, <laughs> so doing all of these things these and living a life understand. of prayer, you want to know what God's calling you to. If you're not praying, how do you expect the antenna to be tuned in the right position? That's that's. All I'm going to say about that, because we need to take a break, get one more check of the weather, and we have a daily dose of encouragement for you. We'll be back after this. All week long, we've been talking about Holy Desire with Patty Schneier for our daily dose of encouragement, and here we are on this Friday. Time to wrap up the week with one final thought on Holy Desire. Patty, good to have you with us. Great to be here, Adam, and hello, listeners, as we've been talking about Holy Desire this week. It's kind of a deep topic, I know, but we've been talking about ways to Turn our desires into prayer. Turn them, open them all up to God. Let them be icons into the window of heaven and what awaits us. So this final day, I want to talk about maybe when our desires aren't so good. And that's the reality of us. We live in a fallen world, and sometimes we desire things that aren't good for us or that are sinful even. And what do you do with that? Well, let me say this. First of all, we have everything we need in the church with the Sacrament of Reconciliation, with the church's teachings to help us orient our desires toward God. So make use and avail yourself of those things. But also we need to look at, for example, the law. Some people don't like church teachings or the laws or the rules. Well, the only reason, if there's something in your life that you don't like that the church teaches, maybe the problem isn't with the law. Maybe the problem is with your desire. We really only desire to break the law when our hearts are not conformed to it. And we're only bitter about the law or the rule when we desire to break it. So maybe we need to ask some tough questions today about how our desires line up with church teaching, with the church's law. And if something is amiss, then the problem is that we're bitter about it because we want to break it. But the truth is, is that God wants to purify our desires. That's really the spiritual journey for all of us. The spiritual journey is to purify our desires, to want what God wants 
when he wants it, as he wants it, because he wants it. So maybe today make that your prayer. Lord, take these desires, purify them for me. Help me to desire only what you want. Patty, you make me think immediately of Cardinal Mary DeVal's wonderful litany of humility in that prayer, that invocation we pray, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. I want to thank you for this week. It's been a wonderful topic to reflect upon for our daily dose of encouragement. Another cold front will be moving through the region today before it gets here. Variable clouds, a high of 65. Variable clouds after the front, but temperatures tumble into the mid-50s by late afternoon. Then tonight, an overnight low of 45 to 48. On Saturday, we could see a sprinkle or shower in the morning, but we will see showers and storms in the afternoon with a high of 62. And a full day of rain is in store for us on Sunday with a few storms that could be severe. Along the way, a high on Sunday of 65. We are back with not even minutes left. I mean, maybe maybe two minutes left here on the Roadmap Roundup. It's moving fast today, fast Gabe. Fast as 60 minutes in all of Christendom. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Uh, Gabe, Gabe, you were just saying during the break that this is ew, this is repetitive, but it's simple. It's these things like fasting or abstinence on Fridays, praying every day as a family, praying every day on your own, um, doing what the church asks us to do to live a life of holiness it, it, it may be incredibly repetitive and may seem incredibly simple, but it's what works. It's what is going to have an effect and get us to heaven. You know, I think of the shoes I'm wearing right now, and they're, they're broken in, they're worn in. And if I was wearing a different pair of shoes every day, sure, I would be stylish, but my feet would hurt because I, they wouldn't be broken in. And by wearing the same pair of shoes every day, I have broken them in. Now, here's the question, though. Are daily habits vices or virtues? Yeah. And if they're virtuous, you know, they're going to have an effect not just on our lives, but on the lives of those around us. And we're going to become accustomed to them to the point that when we're not doing them, we're going to say, wait, I don't like this. I need to be doing these things. So it's not about pomp and fanfare. It's just put your head down and do what you need to do. You know, move forward with your family. Get your kids used to praying every day, so on and so forth, so that when you're you're out of the norm, you say, wait a minute, I don't like being out of the norm. I want to get back to this routine of abstinence and prayer and fasting and mortification and the Eucharist, especially the Eucharist and the Rosary. That's all the time we have. Let's say a prayer here together quickly. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. We want to thank you for listening to the Roadmap Roundup today. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. And I'm Angela Miller. And you've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Do not forget to pray your rosary today.